Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. Today we are discussing the extraterrestrials called the Greys. Last week we discussed the Ebens, so make sure to go back and listen to that episode. The sources for today's episode are the Extraterrestrial Podcast, which I love, and of course the Gaia TV show Deep Space Season 4, Episode 2, The Greys. The greys are the typical aliens that you see in movies and on TV with the huge black eyes, the huge heads, and the small thin bodies. The first mention of the greys in our modern times is with the father of science fiction, H.G. Wells. Wells is seen as a visionary and prophet through his predictions in his short stories and books. In 1893, he wrote a short story called The Man of the Year Million. In the story, Wells explains what the man looks like. He describes a small being with a huge head, gray skin, huge black eyes, no ears, a small mouth without teeth. So basically all the gray features. The being or the man in the story has evolved beyond basic human behaviors. For example, he does not eat. Instead, the being or the man immerses himself or swims in nutrient-rich fluid, which is very similar to when I discussed the Ebens in the last episode. If you guys remember, the Ebens would put algae on their bodies and absorb it through the skin, much like what the greys are doing here. In Wells's uber-popular book, and I should say many adaptations of this movie, right? The War of the Worlds, It was published in 1898, and in the book, the greys show up, except they are a subculture of aliens on the hierarchy alien scale. The superior race is the octopus-like aliens who use the greys as their food. (laughs) I don't know if you remember that from the movie. I remember that when the octopus, the octopi were eating the greys. His man of the year millions was a prophecy within the book. So he mentioned this that, but then he doesn't say that he wrote it within the book. The greys also show up in Wells' other works, but they are different, such as the greys are a superior alien race that lives around the moon versus their subpar portrayal in The War of the Worlds. Despite writing fiction, Many of the elements that show up in Wells' works are known as real-life prophecies, such as the airplane, the atomic bomb, satellite TV, and the internet, just to name a few. Was Wells a prophet and a visionary? Did he predict that humans would have contact with the greys? So let's move on to what Gaia says about the greys. The greys originate from the Rigel system in the constellation of Orion. So the word Rigel is spelled R-I-G-E-L, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right because I couldn't find anything where the pronunciation was. So again, it's R-I-G-E-L. They are the gardeners or custodians or protectors, whatever word you want to use, of a planet's biology. They are approximately three and a half to four and a half feet tall. They look exactly as H.G. Wells describes, gray skin, no hair, thin limbs, huge black wraparound eyes, and an individual consciousness. Many global artifacts that we've found 
through archaeology and all of that, resemble the grays. There are two groups of grays, the Ebens from the last episode, and then the Hepaloids, which have been hybridized many times. Hence, they have two distinct types of grays within the Hepaloid race. They are, number one, a small gray, two to three feet tall, that is a robot, and number two, the classic gray, which is four feet tall. Within the Hepaloid race, the grays can have these features. The skin tone of the head is slightly darker, most likely for some type of protection. It has two stomachs. The skin is fibrous. It can glow and darken for protection. And it has bony wrists, especially compared to the Ebens. And these grays can move their hands almost 360 degrees because of the wrist. They also have an eye lens, which allows them to see in every atmosphere, no matter the conditions. For example, they can see on a planet with a lot of acid, or let's say they visit Earth with the recent wildfire smoke from Nova Scotia, which I was affected by. They could see in those conditions as well. The haploid grays are constantly evolving and changing their genetic profile. They aren't necessarily gray all the time. Their skin can be varying colors. The classic haploid grays are known to use artificial intelligence to continue and evolve their species, but they are not robots. However, the small grays that are two to three feet tall are robots, and they are the ones who do the animal mutilations and abduct humans. When aboard a spacecraft, people have reported seeing a variety of alien species along with them, such as the haploid grays the small grays, the tall white aliens, the praying mantis type beings, and the Nordic looking humanoids, also called the Nordics. The Nordics, just in case you don't know, resemble the beautiful blonde Nordic people of Scandinavia, but are seven feet tall or more. Apparently the grays appear as the workers of the spacecraft while the other species are their supervisors, which I'm sure they love. (laughs) With the permission of the global governments, the greys have extracted human DNA to keep their species alive and evolve their soul consciousness because they really don't have a soul consciousness. The greys have special technology for contact with humans. They use a frequency that modifies the brain waves, much like telepathy. They use a temporal technology of disappearing timelines where the human forgets meeting them in the physical body and the brain but the experiences are stored in the human consciousness. They are time-traveling species who can constantly alter events through time travel, but so can other alien species. So it's, it's a galactic clusterfuck. I mean, imagine everyone's altering timelines. So if a species has the gray's genetic material on a planet, then the grays have a right to interfere with that planet according to the Galactic Federation rules. From a basic perspective, the grays' agenda is to explore different genetic profiles and the human experience. They love the idea of the human experience. And that is why they absolutely love to visit Earth. The grays, the Nordics, and the ancient reptilian race view Earth as the universe's great laboratory because it's so magnificent. However, if you dig deeper, the greys may have a more profound agenda. They may be time traveling here so they can fix something that has gone wrong in the future. They see themselves as our custodians and have evolved us. If the greys are trying to fix a future crisis, 
They have a benevolent reason to be here on earth, but they cannot disclose it. So those are the grays in a nutshell. If you have or have had contact with a gray, know that for the most part, they are here for good purposes and you are helping them evolve humans or stop a crisis. I find it interesting that in the last episode, tactical advisor Tim said a subspecies of Ebens without emotions are responsible for alien abductions. But other experts in this episode of Gaia say that the small grays are the robots who are responsible for animal mutilations and alien abductions. So both agree that they are the smaller species. So who knows? I also want to go back to H.G. Wells as well, because I think there's something very interesting here about the idea of the Gray's time traveling and helping us evolve, because H.G. Wells in his short story talks about a man in the year million, right? So we're in the year 2023. He's talking the year million that this word he uses, man, is actually what we think of as a gray alien, right? We think of that is a grace if we're reading this book and that's described to us. And the grays think of themselves as evolvers. They also think that they have helped evolve the human race and that perhaps there are some theories out there that we are going to eventually evolve into the grays. So it's really the idea of the grays coming back to visit themselves in just a very primitive form. So it's like us going to visit ourselves as the cavemen. That's a wild notion, but H.G. Wells was right with a lot of things. So we will see what happens in the future. I'd like to discuss the ways in which you can support this podcast. Please give me a five-star rating or review wherever you listen, especially on Apple Podcasts, because you guys are awesome. I have that little black legitimacy star, but I need to keep going and keep going. So please add that five-star rating or review anywhere, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music. I love it all. And subscribe to this podcast because then you know when the episodes come up, it's easy for you and it's so good for the algorithm. And also please donate to this podcast. If you feel that you are gaining knowledge and insight and comfort and I'm helping you in any way, then there is the donation link in the show notes and it's the quickest, easiest thing you can do. I will be back with an episode on July 4th, 2023, which is a super metaphysical date. I will explain why in that episode and it will be a metaphysical table talk episode, uh, meta table talk number three with returning guests and your favorites, Tracy Shannon and Del Sol Etienne. We are discussing coming out of the metaphysical closet, star seeds and ancient ones. So make sure to tune in and you're going to hear some light language and you're going to hear Tracy channel her bean, Ariana. It's so good, you guys. Until next time, live your life two inches off the ground.